When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 115. This episode is all about dodging energy vampires. There's a whole group of people now with mystery illnesses, you know, chronic Lyme, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Very, very often the women and the men who have these things are living with an energy vampire. And every time they get their energy going, it gets sucked dry. So what I want to say is, let's say that you're trying to change your diet, exercise better, take care of yourself. If you are living with someone who is draining your energy, no matter what you do, it's going to be hard to lose weight. It's going to be hard to stick to an exercise program. It's going to be hard to stay away from sugar, that kind of thing, because it's like a constant drain. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends and wild people. First off, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the subscribe button. More subscribers means even better guests and tons more value. Plus, it helps me grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone could use a little more mind love. Let's start with a question. Have you ever hung out with someone and by the time you were done, you just felt like your energy was completely drained for no reason? You may have been hanging out with an energy vampire. Energy vampires are friends, family members, or coworkers who literally just zap your emotional energy. They feed off of your emotional or psychic energy. They come in all kinds of forms. They might be that friend who always feels like she's the victim, who thinks the world is constantly against her. Or it's that friend that always seems to give you a guilt trip and you just never feel like you can win. Or the drama queen who blows everything out of proportion. And then there's the most dangerous form, sociopaths. Yeah, I know most of us think of sociopaths as like a serial killer, but there's more out there than you think. Sociopaths and energy vampires are people who completely lack empathy. They might be really good at charming your pants off, always telling you what you want to hear, but they're also crafty. They pin their problems on everyone else, they always one-up you, they shift the conversations to themselves, or in other words, a narcissist. And for you empaths out there, they are drawn to you like a magnet. About 15 to 20% of people are empaths, but by the nature of this podcast, there's a much larger chance that you are one. Empaths tend to be drawn to spirituality. They often have a sixth sense about things and they're in touch with their intuition. And energy vampires are our kryptonite. If you want to learn more about being an empath, go back to episode 102 with Dr. Judith Orloff. A ton of you reached out after that episode saying it changed your life. And finding out I was an empath changed mine too. Suddenly, all sorts of quirks of mine could be explained under one umbrella of a term. And having a name for it really allowed me to figure out how to deal with it and transform it from a handicap to a superpower. But our superpowers are completely disabled if we let energy vampires drain our life force, really. 
Empaths see life through a lens of compassion and love, which means that we have a lot of inner light. We were just born that way. But because of our willingness to give so much of ourselves, those people without as much empathy feed off of us. I know this all sounds super woo-woo, but there's real science behind it. And I get into all those details in episode 102, so I'll skip it for this one. But just know, this shit's real, y'all. And it makes sense. We are all on a spectrum of everything. Intelligence, athleticism, emotions, vision, ability to solve crossword puzzles, and empathy. So it makes sense that there would be people on the polarities of that scale. Today's guest is Dr. Christian Northrup, author of Dodging Energy Vampires. She spent years compiling all the latest research on this, including stories from her own life, and she's going to show us how to spot them, dodge their tactics, and take back our own energy. Three key things we will learn are how energy vampires use others' energy to fuel their own dysfunctional lives, super traits of narcissists that you are blind to, and a few techniques to leave these harmful relationships behind and start to heal. And before we dive into all that juicy stuff, you want to know another great way to take care of your energy each day? Sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational emails right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how the Morning Mind Love is their favorite way to start the day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. You'll get a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a really cool booklet of power lists to help you gain clarity and live with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Dr. Christian Northrup to the show. Hey, fun to be here. (laughs) So first, what's a little background on you? What drew you to the topic of energy vampires? Oh, my entire life and my practice. So, you know, I'm a board certified OBGYN. And back in the day when I had a big practice, I would say 25 to 30 percent of my patients, and this is what's in the medical literature too, have what's called a character disorder. And in women, that often shows up as either narcissistic personality disorder or borderline personality disorder. And I know I can almost hear the cringing of your people who choose a podcast that's mind love. Like, why would we label people? And, you know, and I spent really a lifetime with allowing a certain kind of person come into my life, either personally in business and practice. And I would find myself feeling guilty around them wanting to give them more and more. In a primary care medical practice, at least in the 80s and 90s, and I know it's true now to some extent, about 25% of people are in this sort of character disorder spectrum. And we've got to remember it's a spectrum like autism spectrum disorder. So there are people who are a little self-centered. And then there are people like Harvey Weinstein who are outright psychopaths. And psychopaths, we hear the word, right? And we think psychopathic killer. It's not that way. Generally, they're running corporations. (laughs) They're making movies. (laughs) They don't have the same empathy or conscientiousness that you and I have. And what's worse is they know exactly what 
those of us who identify as old soul empaths have always wanted to hear, oh my God, you're so conscientious, you're so helpful, you're so beautiful, I've never met anyone like you, or in the case of when I was their doctor, you're the only person I've ever found who can help me. Now, right there, that is a golden hook with jewels on it, on which I would impale myself over and over again, because when you have someone who truly believes that you are their savior, you're in big trouble, because it means that they have not sourced their energy from the only place that is sustainable, which is the source with a capital S, whether you call that God, your inner being, your consciousness. It's like what we each have inside. And we can't create in anyone else's head or anyone else's heart. And in medicine, we're taught that we're responsible for whether someone lives or dies. And in an emergency situation, yeah, when you've got a clamp and artery, that is true, but that's rarely the case. What someone can do for their own health is far more than any doctor can do. But what happens with the energy vampires, I've decided to call them, is that they get full service at self-service prices because everyone clamors to meet their needs. They're often charismatic. I mean, they're just very manipulative. You know, it's really interesting. I'm going to be so politically incorrect here that, you know, you might get emails, except that, except that I'm thinking that your crowd may be young enough, they don't care. But anyhow, I just finished a documentary after watching The Crown. I watched this whole documentary about the royal family, sort of, you know, did they get it right in The Crown? And what they pointed out was, Prince Charles was in love with Camilla Parker Bowles, but she had been with men, so she was not suitable. And so he married the exact wrong person, who was Princess Diana. And she, even in the documentary, they said she was damaged from her childhood. She had an inordinate need for attention and love. And so she came in, and because of her beauty and her charisma and all the rest of it, she kind of blew up the whole scene. Now, that is how an energy vampire can work. But here's the deal. The entire world loved her. She knew exactly what groups to champion. And they pointed out she'd actually talk about this from a marketing point of view with her advisor. Oh, well, if we go to a leper colony and I touch lepers, that's going to give me a lot of publicity, right? And so she did all this stuff that on the surface, on the surface looked so loving and so wonderful. And don't get me wrong, on some level, I think it, it did up level. But on another level, it was very self-serving to have all that attention all the time. And we each have to look at in our own lives, who do we give our attention to who's not giving it back? Who are the bottomless pits where you, you just you can't do right by them? For men, it's men who marry women with this characteristic. They do everything in their power, and then they end up like a dried-up husk along the side of the road because they go for the woman who's not smiling, and they think they can save her. Or it's the woman who gets the guy who treats her badly because she doesn't feel so good about herself. But, you know, the run-of-the-mill energy vampire is your mother, is your sister, is your father, is your <laughs> sister-in-law. It's the one at the holidays 
who splits everybody from everybody else. They have these tactics to get energy for themselves. And this kind of person lives on what is called narcissistic supply. This is an, a key word. Narcissistic supply is money, sex, power, looking good, driving a fancy car, getting all the attention on them. And that's what they live on. Meanwhile, people who listen to your podcast and people like me, I mean, we're out there talking to the angels. We're doing solstice rituals. We're saging our environment. We're calling on our higher power. And we feel bad for these people that we think don't have a spiritual connection. They're, they're not very good at mindfulness. So we're going to save them. We're going to let them know how wonderful it is to be connected with source energy. And then we get taken advantage of. I have a friend who works with a group of priests, and he's been in the field as a clinical psychologist for years and years. And he said to me, I am really good at what I do, but I can be taken in by a character disordered person. Even I can be if they're very good looking and very charismatic. So what I would say, and, you know, so as people are listening to this podcast, I would, first thing I would say is pay attention to the names that are coming up in your head as I speak. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, if you'd like, I can give you some real strategies to, to deal with it. It's interesting because since I've learned that I'm an empath, I've really been able to kind of catalog my life during the points that I was in a relationship, whether it was a romantic relationship or a friendship with energy vampires. Right. And it's interesting because it's like I can break down my 20s where it was always my absolute best friend or my actual partner. And so I understand this draw towards them for sure. But it's interesting because it sounds like they are like this intentional evil on earth. But do they really know that they're doing it? Is it something that they're born with or is it their own wounds from childhood? What creates an energy vampire? We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. 
but then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com mindlove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash mindlove. What creates an energy vampire? I think that is the question. That's the question of 2020 and beyond, right? So let me tell you the research. And again, this research is controversial, but in functional PET scans of these people, we find that the strip for empathy is smaller. Like the really bad, they just don't have it. They just don't have it. They don't feel the same way you do. What's interesting, if you don't have a conscience or if you have uh, very little conscience, you're not feeling what an empath is feeling. You and I walk into the room and we feel the feelings of everyone in the room. Not only do we feel the feelings, we wonder what we can do to help because feeling the feelings of others, that if they're painful, we feel it as our own. So it's so painful that we want to do anything we can to make it feel better for us, right? Yes. They don't feel this. This is very important. George Simon wrote a book called In Sheep's Clothing. And George is a PhD psychologist who's been teaching about character disorder for 30 years. And he said when he first started teaching to groups of therapists, the therapists would leave the room because they couldn't accept that someone would do these manipulations on purpose. He said the ongoing belief in the mental health professions for really decades is that only hurt people hurt people. In other words, they're like this because they were hurt in childhood. And if you watch that HBO special that was so good, Big Little Lies, that's a premise running through the show that this protagonist who was a man who beat up women was wounded by his own mother, and that's why he did it. But here is the rub. The vast majority of people who were hurt in childhood do not act out and hurt others. They just don't. So there's a certain kind of person that does it or manipulates. Why? Because it works. Because it works. So their value system is to look good no matter what, to get money, to get power, to get sex, whatever it is, and the manipulation that the tactics work. And so what Simon teaches that I loved is he said, we have this idea as empaths that they are acting from the same sensibility that we are. But he said, you need to think more of they are 
being passive aggressive. They're like a cat with a mouse. If you look at a cat with a mouse, the cat is not coming from a wound. The cat gets all excited. Oh my <laughs> God, you know, I've got a good one here. And you and I, I'm sure you've watched a cat with a mouse. Your empathy is with the mouse and the cat's <laughs> eyes are glowing and your little pussycat is so freaking diabolical with a mouse. <laughs> oh. That's how, right? That is how an energy vampire works. They know what they're doing. There's a great podcast, you know, if anyone needs to go down a hole for about three hours, I would listen to Dirty John. It is the astounding story of a real psychopath and how he preyed on women. And even at the end, one of the women that he married says, well, you know, but I thought he loved me. You know, didn't he ever? Re it's like we can't conceive of it. We cannot conceive of someone doing this because of what they can get. You wouldn't hurt, so you can't, you can't. So we make the mistake of trying to figure out why they do what they do for many of us, especially if we've been married to one, is so that we can help them or fix them. And that does the exact opposite. It just enables them to stay where they are. The Let's be loving now, okay. The most loving thing you can do is stop being a snack for them. Because then, sooner or later, if everyone understood the tactics, they would have to change, but they don't need to change because the culture doesn't understand it. And therefore, they just move on to the next victim. And in the higher echelons of business, these people are running the planet. <laughs> and, you know, no <laughs> one holds them accountable. But our job in our own life, because, you know, I can't take on the planetary leaders is to keep our side of the street clean. And so how can you recognize one of these people other than, I mean, you've recognized it from your 20s. I mean, it, you know, me too, my best friend for years, and then my second best friend. It's like we keep repeating the pattern, seeing them as true soulmates who are helping us wake up until, this is how you really know you've made some progress. You see them coming. And you don't even begin to have a friendship or a relationship. But to see, here's the problem. We're born, some of us, with what are called super traits. And this is Sandra Brown's work, the woman who wrote Women Who Love Psychopaths. And she said, <laughs> she was, that book, by the way, it's got this cover, you know, like so scary. I thought, oh, it couldn't be that bad. She said, it is, it is that bad. And now I realize she is right because of, the people with super traits, and she studied this at Purdue. So they're fixed personality traits in certain people like me, where you are absolutely blind to these tactics because you, you, you're just blind to them. It's like your, your eye color is blue and your hair is blonde. It's the way you were born. So I need, personally, I need a couple people in my life who will tell me what this this person is like, because if I get all excited and I am suddenly singing their praises, then I know I should be careful. Like, especially if they're charismatic and good looking, then I really have to be careful. So <laughs> I have my team. I have two really close women friends and I will stay because their radar is really good and they'll, I'll run the name by the, by them and they'll say, yep. And I always know, okay, when I'm tempted to make excuses for someone, 
they're probably on the spectrum. They're probably there. So I note in the book, Dodging Energy Vampires, say the first relationship is with your mother who was self-centered or your father, and then it's your boss, and then you marry the person, and then it's your best friend. But each relationship is shorter because you wake up earlier. What George Simon found and what I found is that there's so many people who've been trying to make a marriage work for 30 years, 25 years, and they just keep getting gaslit, you know, because what happens is the minute you begin to wake up, they will begin to tell you all the things you've been longing to hear. In other words, they'll throw you a crumb. It's time we stopped with the crumbs. We want the whole meal. But okay, here is the issue. To get the whole meal, you're probably going to have to go through a period of time where you're not with anyone because we get addicted to these people. They're larger than life. Now, frankly, if nothing's going on and there's no attention on them, they become a deflated balloon really quickly. I've seen that and it's shocking. But when the intention is on them, remember, they're sucking their energy from you. Then they're larger than life. And, And I think a good thing for us to remember is it is not them that has the energy. It's us. But we're giving it away because they have an umbilical cord in us and they're just sucking our energy. So who's the real cool kid? It's us. It's not them. But we think it's them and and we give them all of our energy. But we have the super traits of conscientiousness, loyalty, hard work. We're willing to do anything. And therein lies the problem. So in business, in our profession, those particular traits serve us beautifully. In a one-on-one relationship, they can kill us. And that's why Sandra Brown, in her work, began to notice that there was a subgroup of women, and she studied women, but I've seen this in men as well, a subgroup who were lawyers, doctors, running Fortune 500 companies, but their personal lives were a mess. And it's because all those traits that got them to the top in their business were exactly the opposite of what they needed to do in a personal relationship. Because what did we do? We attract fixer-uppers. Oh, I can save that person. I've come in and turned around three companies. This guy ought to be easy. Well, this guy's been waiting for you. (laughs) And he ain't going to change. You know, especially because, you know, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. Because deep inside, on some level, okay, so if you're an old soul empath, you know, and you're doing a podcast on mindfulness, when the culture believes it. I watched one episode of Succession on Netflix, you know, and those people are so freaking nasty. I can't watch it. But that's what we've been brought up with to get ahead. It's dog eat dog. You got to be nasty. We're not like that. We're the people doing tarot cards. We get astrological readings, psychic readings. And we feel bad about ourselves because that's not what the mainstream believes. So therefore, we're kind of, we've been set up to have these people prey on us a bit. Oh, yeah, you're that doctor who does Reiki down in the radiology department. Uh, (laughs) So you feel really bad about yourself and you keep waiting for your name to be removed from the doctor's mailbox because you're so weird. Sounds like a personal story. (laughs) Yeah, like somebody... Somebody comes along and says, you're fantastic. You know, like, you're a good doctor. Like, you're really scientific. Oh, my God. You just, you know, you blossom like someone's just watered you and you were wilted. So 
Anyway, it's a setup because an energy vampire will not target someone with good boundaries. They just won't do it. They already know, oh, I'm not going to be able to get what I want from that one. But this one over here. So here's an example. You go to a cocktail party and a guy starts to tell you about his ex-wife and how she won't let him see the children and she's such a bitch. And okay, so there's two women. One goes, God, what a loser. (laughs) And then another (laughs) one goes, oh, God, I could probably help him. I think he's hurting. You see, it's like that. Or thinking I can show him what a really loving, supportive partner looks like or something like that. (laughs) Okay, that's the downfall. Oh, my God. He's never had this in his family. His mother was an alcoholic. He doesn't know what it is to be truly loved and supported. I'll show him. And then after, say, two years, when the, you know, that's two years is when the scales fall from the eyes for everybody. And then you go, oh, my God. What have I created? You know, because now you might have had a kid, you might own a house together, and then the true colors are showing. Right. I have had an energy vampire and a best friend and a partner who almost ruined my life and then a boss. And the partner really did. I'm kind of thankful for it because I feel like I needed something super extreme in order to put me on the other side. If it was just going to like a level seven every time, I probably would have just repeated it over and over again. Whereas this one went to like a 12. And so I finally was so broken afterwards that I'm like, that'll never happen again. And now I almost sometimes feel too cautious when there are negative patterns in my relationships Right now, I feel like, especially as I'm building my business and I've made so many transformations over the last few years that I consider it almost a more fragile state. And so if somebody seems to even have some of the traits, I'm just like, nope, no time for that. I love that. No, I love that. Is that too much, though? No, no, no. We have to do that. If someone is really for us, right? Okay. There's a saying that we have, you can't say the right thing to the wrong person and you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Mm. So if it's the right person, they'll be with you. I'm like you, by the way. If a person is too good looking and too charismatic, (laughs) I assume, I assume that they're an energy vampire until proven otherwise, that they have nothing to offer me. I'm like you. I assume that. And I assume that because of all of my experiences. And if someone is telling me how wonderful I am and, the, you know, there's no one like me, well, that's true for every single one of us, for heaven's sakes. But if it's, you know, if it's really that flattery route, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so I agree. You're not being too extreme because, okay, let me give you another analogy that's important. When you are newly peeled, as it were. You're like a new green shoot coming out of the earth. There's no bark on you yet. You don't have the resilience yet. So therefore, you want to put a nice fence around yourself and protect yourself until you're really, really solid in what you know and what you feel. So it's a good thing. I like what you're doing a lot. That's really good. Well, I figure that It is my duty to protect my own energy because while I'm sitting there 
thinking and trying to convince myself, because that's what I did for years, that, you know, the right thing to do is to give this person a little bit of love. And then next thing you know, you're sucked in because you want to show them what love really looks like or show them what acceptance looks like or whatever you are feeling in that relationship. But then what happens is I become so depleted that I am not my best self. I can be cranky. I can be depressed, whatever it is. And then everyone else in my life, I spread that too because energy is contagious. So it's like, do I want to (laughs) affect negatively everyone else in my life for this one person who could care less how they're rubbing off on me? Probably not. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. 
The other thing I want people to know, and I don't know if you've found this to be true, but it's a pretty common pattern. And that is the minute you set a boundary with one of these characters, they move on to someone else so quickly, it makes your head spin. And it feels like such a betrayal. You cannot believe that you were so unimportant to them that they really didn't care at all after you gave and you gave and you gave. And it's shocking. I've said to a friend of mine who went through a divorce from one of these guys, I said, are you prepared for the fact that he will have a new woman in 15 minutes? <laughs> and she said, I'm prepared for that. But, but you know, she still went through hell when it happened because there's a part of you you just can't believe after all the love you gave that they could do this. It's just kind of, it doesn't compute for an empath. And oftentimes when they do move on, whether you set the boundary and said, let's move on, or I can't do this anymore, or they did because you stopped putting up with their shit, (laughs) uh, they oftentimes they'll snap at you and they'll say something really biting or really painful, like it's a stab to the gut to make you feel like this is your fault. And then they move on. So you're not even just left like, oh my gosh, that's surprising. You're like, wait mulling around? Was that true? Do I have something to think about? That person seems okay with it. So let me give you a phrase for that. They have malignant intuition. Malignant intuition. What does that mean? It means that they know your wounds better than you. And they not only do they tell you the one thing you've been longing to hear, but when they're on the way out, they tell you the one thing that would just devastate you you're being selfish. Like you don't want to sacrifice your entire life for them or give them $5,000 as a loan that you know you'll never get back. And you say no, oh, you're being selfish. And secretly, secretly, you know, you worry that being for yourself is something bad somehow, because we've all been brought up like that. You know, it is more blessed to give than to receive, like you're worthless. So they do that because they know that that is going to be an issue. I want to give you an example from my own big Facebook page. So, you know, when you have a public profile and you put stuff down there, you're opening yourself up to any kind of criticism. And I can tell my own evolution by whether or not I get triggered by things. So, yesterday I did a Facebook Live because I wanted to just talk about the current astrological weather. And this woman says, I like you very much, but your eyeliner looks all wrong. Okay. (laughs) I just, at this point, I just laughed. It's like, I just said, yeah, probably does. You know, probably does. I don't get triggered by that. You can always tell a troll though, you know, a bot where they're sent out to get people like me. And so what they say is they never take on my information. They take on your character. Like, did you ever have a medical license? You call yourself a doctor and you believe in this stuff? Oh, please. Okay, that stuff now I laugh at. But God, 20 years ago, a comment like that would have devastated me for a week. Not anymore. It's like, okay. That's the beauty of seeing the pattern. And and one of the things that I love is the preventive medicine aspect 
of dodging energy vampires because that's now out in the world. That took me, oh, you know, 40 years to come up with this material. Now someone can read, read the book and go, oh my God, identify it, you know, within a year, not 30. <laughs> right. I can feel that same way about comments. And so a lot of my listeners listen to this podcast on a platform called CastBox, and it's got comments right in there. But yeah. maybe half a percent or 1% will be a negative comment. They haven't even really been very bad. I'm very blessed in that. But it might be like too many ads. And I'm like, there's three ads and I spend a lot of time on free content for you. <laughs> so it can oh, no, trigger no. me. I get it. I get it. This is why I thought about the eyeliner comment, right? Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh my God, if you're an empath and you feel everything and you're trying so hard to be heard, I can see why people just don't become public and do what you're doing because yeah. you will be judged. I have a friend who said, I have spent my whole life being afraid of being judged. So she said, so I put myself in positions where I'm constantly judged. I'm in horse shows where there's a judge. And I used to be a lawyer. So I was always in front of judges. And she said, I realized we are all judged all the time. All the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. And I found that what I was able to do with that situation, which ended up being a good thing, because I feel like this is how the universe kind of pushes you through to the next level. I realized, okay, well, a lot of the comments, whether it's on YouTube or CastBox or wherever, people are just kind of flying by. They might pop in for a few minutes. They don't know me, you know? And so I don't take those seriously. And so then I created tribes elsewhere, a Facebook group, my Instagram, whatever, because those are the people that take action to come really be a part of what I'm creating. And then th there hasn't been any of that in there. So there's always ways. And I do look at it like growth, like your friend, where I'm like, okay, why am I so triggered by this? A lot of times, I don't know if this is healthy or not, but I'm like, okay, I better go dive into those scenarios until I become comfortable with it. But it's hard because we aren't taught any of this stuff. I mean, being an influencer, having that kind of visibility has never really happened before this generation. And even more so, I'm realizing that I didn't even understand what boundaries were until a few years ago, and I didn't start implementing them until like two years ago. And so I was just on a coaching call with somebody who had the exact same thing. So I'm wondering, why do a lot of us not even know what our boundaries are? Are or what boundaries are or how to put them in our lives. Okay, I want to give you a very good summary of this from a woman named Mare, M-A-R-E, Chapman. She's got the best word for this. And she says, in patriarchy, where being female or being gay or being trans or being sensitive, being anything other than a white male? Uh, yeah, yeah, a white male, but a Rambo white male, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, a sort of a Clint Eastwood, back in the day, rawhide white male. Anything other than that, they're at the top of the food chain. And if you look at the devil card in tarot, it's the hierarchical where the person at the top, like the eight extraterrestrial lizards who run planet Earth, you know, <laughs> like the one at the top there makes everyone else a slave, like the Federal Reserve and the Monetary Fund and all of that. And so what you do to survive in this environment is you, like the servants in Downton Abbey, must intuit the needs of the master. 
You need to intuit the needs of the master in order to survive. And you need to make yourself available. And Mare calls this, and I love the term, othering. It's othering. She said, we call it learned helplessness. We call it codependence. So we go to 12-step meetings to get over our, quote, relationship addiction. Well, who wouldn't have a relationship addiction when you are told in school from day one, you can't know what you know. You've been talked out of your sixth sense, your intuition, which should be your first sense because every kid has it. I don't want to kiss Uncle Pete. He's creepy. Kiss Uncle Pete. He's part of the family. You know, 10 years later, you find out he's been diddling the kids in the back bedroom. I mean, we have this innate ability, which we are talked out of in this crazy society. And so the word othering, I think, is so non judgmental. It is so non pathological. And so remember, one in five people has a character disorder. They don't care how they look to you. Character is what you do when no one else is looking. It's what you do. Like my brother says, I don't steal. I believe in karma, right? Well, they obviously don't understand karma and they don't have the strip for empathy, whatever it is they don't have. And because they're so audacious, I had a friend and what she would do, a real energy vampire, if she wanted a certain place in a restaurant, she would walk in, bypass the maitre d' totally, just go put her coat and her purse on the window seat without asking. It's like, you know, it's easier to be forgiven later than to ask permission in the first place, which has its place. But she said, if I get my foot in the door, I just want my foot in the door. And she didn't care what others thought. So she got what she wanted everywhere because nobody dared to go up against her. So, you know, you're around that kind of person. (coughs) She's probably attacking. And you know when that happens. When I do a divine love meditation, very often when people are bringing in divine love, there's a lot of coughing in the auditorium. (coughs) It's like somehow the throat, the head and the body are connected by the neck, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you get a big download, you cough. It's interesting. The forces are everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) For those out there that are listening to all this and kind of realizing, holy crap, I am in a relationship with an energy vampire or a relationship that's unbalanced. Yeah. Is there yeah. a way to transition the relationship dynamic or are they pretty much screwed and it's like, you got to get out of there or you're going down? Okay. That is a great question. So here's how it works. Let's say that it's someone in your family that you just are going to maintain a relationship with like your mother or your father, a sister, that kind of thing. And it also depends on where they are on the spectrum. So if they just have a few traits, like they're self-centered, they never call you unless they have a need, unless they want a ride or want money or something, then you can work with them by setting healthy boundaries. So when they call, you need to learn how to say no. No is a complete sentence. You will feel guilty the first couple times you say no. So it's a good thing to practice. So can you babysit my kids? 
on Saturday. I know that you were going to go to the movies and you had a massage plan for yourself, but I'm really out of luck here and my kids need your help. You want to practice saying, I simply can't. There's a few phrases. I simply can't. Never make excuses. What we do is we make excuses. Don't make any excuses. All right. So no excuses. Just learn how to say no. Or here's another one. I'll get back to you. Let me think about it. We empaths have to do something to stop the train before it's gotten too far down the track, okay? Before we've said yes, and then we're feeling sick to our stomach that we said yes, but it feels worse to say no, because then we feel guilty and we think maybe we're being a bad person because our mother told us we were a bad person if we didn't meet her needs when we were two years old, okay? So you have to have a thing where you stop the train. So the word is, I'll get back to you. That's kind of the high school level. The PhD level is, I simply can't. I'm sorry, I simply can't. There's another one I learned from Dr. Mario Martinez. When you start to get the guilt trip, boy, you haven't come to see me. And when you do come, you always leave so early. You're so self-centered. Here's what you say. Yep, you're right. I am. Okay. (laughs) You literally can, uh, because there's nowhere to go with that. I've noticed you haven't come to see me for a while. Nope, I haven't. See, so you just literally, you stop it so that you're not giving energy. You're not pouring your energy into trying to make it okay for them. Cheryl Richardson in her book, The Guide to Extreme Self-Care, has a chapter called Let Me Disappoint You. No one is ever going to get their energy under control until they are willing to disappoint someone else. Okay? So that's very important. Now, if you are with a bona fide narcissistic personality disorder, then almost nobody can live intimately with them and remain unscathed. Almost nobody. And I'm talking about a marriage here. Or it could be a child or a parent. The key is boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. So I have dealt with people who have a drug-addicted son or daughter. And by the way, alcohol and drugs make a person into an energy vampire. It's because it is the drug or the alcohol itself that is getting into the person and literally creating darkness. So just remember, when someone is not sober, they act like an energy vampire in many, many cases. So what you do then, if it's true narcissistic personality disorder, you're getting manipulated, you're giving too much money, they're gaslighting you, all of that sort of thing, then you begin to figure out what your escape route is going to be. It's like someone who is a wife beater and they get you more and more estranged from your family. They take away your phone. They take away your car. They isolate you from the rest of your community. So if someone has problem a problem with you having friends or you going out, or you whatever, you know, and then they tell you you're selfish, then you kind of know what you're dealing with. If they're charismatic, larger than life, and the thought of living without them is devastating to you, then you got to take a look at that. Another thing you can do, another tactic I like a lot is broken wing. They ask you to do something, and then you suddenly have a need. It will make them run away so fast. So here's how you do it. (laughs) 
oh God, I'm so sorry. I'm not feeling well. Or I think I'm coming down with the flu. I think I'm feeling really contagious and I feel like hell. So I just don't think this is a good idea. So you have a need. They don't want you to have a need. They're the ones who have the need. They're the ones who are the professional victims. So remember, no matter what you do, they will see it as an attack on them. They will see it as they're the victim. And they're so good at dragging a leg. They're so good at it that they will get all kinds of people around them doing their bidding. Melanie Tonya Evans calls it the flying monkeys. They like have these flying monkeys that could be empaths who feel sorry for them. They're all surrounded by, yes, men or women to do their bidding. I mean, look at Harvey Weinstein. For years, how did he get away with it? Because he had a whole cadre of lawyers who the minute a woman would wake up and say what happened to her, she'd have a lawyer land on her doorstep and threaten to ruin her if she said anything. That's how it operates. So anyway, you do broken wing. And then there's another one, gray rock. So let's say that you have someone at the office who keeps coming over to your desk. And every time they leave, you're exhausted because you're down a pint. You just gave them all your energy. You just do gray rock. You sit there and you pretend that you are a gray rock. No energy. <laughs> you're not trying to uplift the situation. You're just a gray rock. I had a one of my community members do this. She said, oh, my God, it worked so well. But then I felt so guilty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that idea of putting a little bit of distance, just saying, I'll get back to you, because a lot of times, yeah, we're in that energy with them and we're automatically pulled to appease them or to make them happy or whatever it is. And I'm the worst. Like, don't get me into a timeshare presentation. I will buy it and then use that three day return window. I've done it twice. <laughs> Like, I can't even handle oh, the, that's the funny. That's I'm getting better, but it's so hard for me. So that just that little bit of distance is really helpful. And another thing that's been really helpful for me is it is hard for me to just say no, or I want to practice those techniques, but I know how I they make me feel where it's like, no, sorry, I can't or whatever. It helps me to get really clear on my priorities. That way I know in my heart why I'm saying no. And even if that priority is just self-care and protecting my energy and knowing this is something I need to do for me. And the more I practice that, it comes from more of a, like it's coming from somewhere for me. And it makes it a lot easier for me to turn down somebody else because I just already have a priority there. That's exactly right. And I think that the deal here is we have to do two things. We have to take care of the little child within us who was probably neglected in some way, which is why we're so freaking empathic. I mean, because we're the ones who have been hurt. Usually it's not the energy vampires. They have not been hurt. And then also be an adult at the same time. So you take care of the little kid, but you say to the little kid inside you, okay, I'm here for you now. All right. So your mother wasn't, your father wasn't, your boss wasn't, your husband wasn't, but I am. I'm here for you now. And so I'm not going to let you do that to yourself anymore. Generally, I'm thinking about right this very moment, your listeners, and there are many who are going to be in relationship with energy vampires right now. I mean, they know it. They know it. So what you want to do, eventually, chances are good, especially with what's going on astrologically with Saturn Pluto in 2020. It's the ending of a 38-year cycle and the beginning of a brand new one. So we have Pluto and Saturn 
still kind of in a merger. Saturn is the lord of karma and it rules structures and time. And Pluto is the wrecking ball of transformation. So all the structures within us and outside of us that are not sustainable and that are not in support of life and sustainability are actually starting to crumble inside us and outside us. And this vampire empath pattern is one of those. So I believe we have more support for this than we've ever had. I mean, let me tell you, back in the 80s and 90s, nobody understood narcissism. Nobody. Nobody understood character disorder, sociopathy, borderline personality disorder. Nobody understood this. You know, so these are people who've had a lot of couch time. They've had a lot of therapy and they know how to talk. If a therapist does not understand this dynamic, he or she will be taken in every time. So if you get into therapy, all right, let's say you want to drag your partner to therapy. If you have to drag your partner to therapy, chances are you're with an energy vampire. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'll go and you'll pay a shitload of money for therapy. And every time you go, they will shed crocodile tears and you and the therapist will think, oh, they understand. They get it. And then the tooth moves right back over. Like, you know, you take the braces off too soon and the tooth just moves back over. So that's how it is with them. I have a friend who's married to a guy with quite strong narcissistic traits. And what she has to do all the time is hold his toes to the fire. Now, she was ready to move out and had an apartment and everything. And she told him he either changed or that was it. So they sometimes change with a threat of loss, loss of marriage, loss of money, loss of status. And she made him go to a three-month program for narcissists that you had to apply to because the therapist wasn't going to see anyone who wasn't willing to do the work. And he changed and he got down on his knees and he cried and all that. But now, you know, three, four years later, the patterns are starting to come back. So it's almost like you have to have constant vigilance because, and I hate to break this to your audience, they don't change. They almost never change. And if I told you that there's a one in a million chance that they could change, some of you old soul empaths would say, oh my God, like dumb and dumber, right? Like there's a chance. So what, there's a chance? It'd be like one in a million. So you'll hang around for 200 years because of the chance that they may change. I mean, because we're so loyal and we're so skillful and we're so self-contained and we're so willing to do the work that really some of us would hang around and wait for 50 years on the one chance that maybe. So let me break it to you. They're going to change a hell of a lot faster if you withdraw. Say change, don't change. I don't care. Bye. That's how you're going to smoke them out. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too, because I feel like for a lot of people, it's just a hard pill to swallow where we allow it to affect our self-worth. Like those people that are holding on to that 1 million chance, they're like, I've devoted so much of my time to this person. Am I not worthy of this love back? When really you just have to flip that and realize they can't feel that, you know, they don't have the same feelings. And so just because you're giving and giving and giving, they're taking it more as the benefits, not that connected feeling of love that you are trying to give. They'll never really be able to receive that, right? 
That's correct. That is correct. There's some teachings that they have actually created a false self. There's actually nobody home in there. They're so far away from who they really are. Their real self, they hate. They hate themselves. And so they're just feeding the false self or, you know, as Eckhart Tolle would call it, they're just um, feeding the pain body. And it's not really who they are. The problem is it's not your job to do an archaeologic dig on who they really are. One of the things I want people to know is the only place these characters change is in the movies. So in the movies, you see the person who finally has a breakdown, and at the end of the movie, they apologize, and they get at how awful they've been. We go to the movie, and then it takes the pressure off a little bit of the pressure cooker, and you think, oh, God, yes. Oh, maybe this could change in my own life. And then the pressure is taken off enough, enough, so that you can stay. One final thing that I want to make sure we get this in, there's a whole group of people now with mystery illnesses, chronic Lyme, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, just kind of mystery, strange illnesses no one knows what to do with. Very, very often, the women and the men who have these things are living with an energy vampire. And every time they get their energy going, it gets sucked dry. So what I want to say is, let's say that you're trying to change your diet, exercise better, take care of yourself. If you are living with someone who is draining your energy, it's going to be very hard, no matter what you do. It's going to be hard to lose weight. It's going to be hard to stick to an exercise program. It's going to be hard to stay away from sugar, that kind of thing, because it's like a constant drain. It's the consequences. If you don't change, you can't just let things sit because there are going to be those repercussions. And like you said, we're trying to live out our own fairy tale fantasies because we've seen it in the movies, but those movies are created by the Weinsteins or or by the people that are hoping they're holding the faith. And they're just like, maybe if I create my own fairy tale ending on the screen, it'll manifest into real life. My God, I have devoted 25 years to this and it's been some kind of, I made it up in my own mind. And the answer is yes, but that's why I console myself by saying, okay, we, our souls are eternal and I learned a ton from this. Okay. And I forgive myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know so much of this resonated with me and it's been a theme in my life, especially for all the empaths out there. I know there's a ton of empaths that listen to this show. So thank you so much for bringing your wisdom and explaining it in such an easy to understand way. So for listeners that are really resonating with this and they want more, where can they connect with you online? Uh, Dr. Northrup, N-O-R-T-H-R-U-P.com. That's my website, Facebook, Dr. Christian Northrup, and um, Instagram, and also Twitter. So, you know, some iteration of Christian Northrup, MD, or Dr. Christian Northrup. I'm on all those things. All the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 115. And wow, so much great information in this episode. A lot of hard truths and realizations that I know some of us need to come to terms with. It can be really hard, especially when you're in a commitment, whether it's a friendship or a family member, and you just think, I can't cut this person out. But what you can do is really get clear on your own priorities get clear on what lights you up, get clear on your boundaries. And the more you place that focus inward, 
the less likely you are to feel that this action that you need to take is a negative action towards the other person. It's not about them. As much as they'd like you to think it is, it is not about them. Let this be about you. Let your energy be about you. Another thing I want to bring up, which, you know, is another hard thing to come to terms with is when I first started learning about energy vampires, I had like a Rolodex of memories flip through my head of when I was one. I went through a quite a long phase of being a version of an energy vampire, and it was not intentional. It actually kind of mortifies me now that I think about it, but I am sure if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you will know how hard most of my 20s were on me, how hard I made them on me. It was a lot of choices I was making because of how little I could handle what was going on in my environment. So I was numbing, I was escaping, I had an eating disorder, I was doing party drugs like five nights a week, I was prescribed a heavy dosage of Adderall. And like Dr. Northrup said towards the end of the interview, when somebody is under the influence of substances, it's not them. They are currently consuming this their own version of an energy vampire. They are living in this void of love through their addiction. So if there were moments of this where you had a moment of self-reflection and that sounds like you and you need help getting out of that, don't lose hope. I am living proof that you can uncoil the shit that you're wrapped up in. But in doing so, there can be a good amount of guilt from your past experiences. And I definitely did. And what I did to reconcile that is I reached out to the people that I may have hurt or the people that I didn't value as much as I should or the people that I was emotionally manipulative with. And I just spoke my truth. I told them, hey, I had a realization that I may have treated you this, this, and this way, or I have this one particular memory where I said this to you. And I just want to say that I'm sorry. I've grown out of that phase and now I look back and it's kind of mortifying. And I just wanted to let you know that I did always value our friendship. I did always value you. And a step like that, those who have taken the, a 12-step program may be pretty intimately familiar with a step like that. It can make all the difference. Basically, everyone was just like, hey, it's all good. We were in our 20s. I wouldn't really expect anything different. It wasn't that big of a deal. I've grown a lot too. And I'm saying this not so that you make excuses for everybody with a substance abuse problem or that drinks too much or that's taking a prescription medication that alters their personality. I'm not saying you should be making excuses for them. What snapped me out of my own bubble was actually other people standing up for themselves, was people saying, hey, I can't take responsibility for your emotions right now, or I'm not going to put up with this. That is what got me to make huge changes in my life. And so I encourage you to still have your boundaries, even when people are going through a tough time. It's not to say you don't give or send them love. Your love can be ready, re readily available to those who deserve it. But be firm. You standing in your truth and guarding your energy gives other people permission to do that too. It stops enabling those who are going to take advantage of it. And if that person is capable of change, if they are at the breaking point where they're ready to make big changes in their lives, and then you protecting yourself might even be the first step for them finally getting help. So if you've learned anything today, prioritize you, protect your energy. It is your life force for how you will move through your existence. 
So if you want more uplifting messages so that you live in your highest vibration every single day, sign up for the Morning Mind Love at mindlove.com or text MORNING to 444-999. Subscribe, rate, review, all the things. Thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 